Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Kirby into Walsh. Lovely build-up. Walsh finding Kirby. Russo! Saved by Mendo! Germany are pressing, looking for Pop, and she scores again! He couldn't make this up! He could not make this up! German icon! Welcome back to Upfront at the Euros, I'm Flo Lloyd-Hughes. I'm Chloe Morgan. And I'm Rachel O'Sullivan. Next stop, Wembley! England stroll through their semi-final without so much as a shrug of the shoulders as they beat Olympic silver medalist Sweden by four goals to zilch. That's zero, Z-E-R-O. Also, France and Germany played, so that's nice. No, but seriously, Germany have got a shot at their ninth Euros title after a 2-1 win. It was far from easy, though. From the pop masterclass to a certain cheeky back heel, we are here to relive it all, my friends. Right, we haven't podded yet since Tuesday night, right? Tuesday night. Um, Maybe one of the greatest nights of my life. I don't know what you guys feel. Chloe, is it up there with one of the best nights of your life? I relive it constantly throughout the day. I just, um, I've been waiting to do this podcast for two days now and it's finally come. And I just, um, that game was everything I fucking wanted. Everything I wanted in a game. And Flo, I, you know, I saw the clips of you, mate, with your trumpet, your trumpet or something. What was it? <laughs> Smashing your trumpet about on the street. And that's not even a euphemism. That's what Oh no, it was a did. megaphone. It was a megaphone. Oh, me a megaphone. And, me and my right, friend were, were fighting over a megaphone and then she tried to snatch it off me and accidentally broke it when I was announcing to everyone that we're going to Weatherspoons in the town. Is center, that what the fight so, was about outside? <laughs> yeah. 
I heard about that. <laughs> you're the you're the kind of fans that we don't want at the game anymore, Flo. <laughs> you've made you've made it that way. Um, but no, we obviously you took the train up there. Uh, the train was absolutely rampacked of you know all these like beautiful supporters and all their beautiful England kits. Got down there, had a couple of pints, went to the game, and the atmosphere again. I mean, it was just outstanding. Everyone, there was so much expectation, so much hype around it. And to be honest, I mean. It really didn't um, disappoint in any way, shape or form. I mean, we sat down, first few minutes again, very, very nervy. Squeaky bum time. I felt like my heart was going to drop out from my bum. And um, Again? Yeah, we rode it out. We did ride it out. Yeah, again, heart, <laughs> bum, just um, something about it. Yeah, but um, no, just... Uh, just living it, just living it over and over again. Rachel, I know that, like, obviously you're Irish. That's not exactly shock of the century. Um, but you Moustache. are you are an England fan at your heart and your and your core. And you know you often call uh, refer to England as we. So how Lioness was the night for you? Was it? Sorry, sorry. Uh, was it everything you hoped of and more? Yeah, it was absolutely ridiculous. I think me and Sel were talking about this. It's like it's really different when you're working it because we're separate from each other and you know the last kind of semi-final heartbreaks we've gone through at tournaments you know she's often crying when England have been knocked out and it's all very sad and you know at least we're together whereas both of us are like separately celebrating um it was it was a weird kind of it felt like I didn't get a chance to properly kind of like enjoy it uh, as much as I would have liked because I wasn't surrounded by people who were like absolutely bonkers crazy about it um which was a shame. But uh, afterwards, like we had a whole load of stuff to do afterwards. And there was, we both had to meet at the media center to, I don't know, I think we had to switch phones or something. And it was such a wanky thing. I like ran into her arms and she spun me around. It was quite cute. Um, so we were very excited that about adorable. that. adorable. <laughs> <laughs> uh, very, very excited. Um, but yeah, it's just, oh God, the first 20 minutes, I didn't, again, didn't enjoy. I tried to distract myself with my camera, you know, taking my photos, just flicking through them, deleting them, just like not really watching the football because I was getting very stressed about the whole thing. Uh, and then, Jesus, first goal went in and we were away. It was, it was plain sailing after that. Um, I similarly kind of, I, I part like selfishly and part because it was the biggest drama of all time about how many seats were going to be in the press box and I was just like do you know what I can't even be asked to to scrum and fight for a seat so I'm just going to sit in the seat that I a ticket that I bought about a year ago and I'm just going to sit in that and then have my iPad and basically work from there um and it was really nice to be in the crowd and watch a game because it's the first England game I've been able to do that and it felt special being part of that and now I don't want to go back to the press box for the final I'm like oh please don't I don't I want to be in the crowd again um it was it was wild we had some really funny French a French family behind us who were really getting into it and supporting England um my friend had a megaphone that was going down well um and then I don't know if anyone's seen the video of me on social media but there is a video of me like actually like shutting down when Alicia Russo did that back heel. Um, I like, I, I think the reason, right, I was just so shocked and stunned. We're going to get into a bit of the game now. The reason I was so shocked and stunned was because those first 15, 20 minutes, England were absolutely under the cosh. So there is no way in God's green earth that I thought that that game was going to end up being 4-0. And I think I still haven't processed it. It still hasn't sunk in. I was so shocked. My girlfriend like, looked at me and she was like, are you okay? And I was like, yeah. And she was like, well, you don't look it. And I was like, well, actually, I'm, 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 I'm just in shock, I think. Chloe, what was your reaction? <laughs> 
Well, the thing is, the weirdest thing is, Farah Williams called it at the start of the game. Yes, right. um, she predicted it, and I think it was a bit tongue-in-cheek from her, thinking that, you know, it's going to be a tight game, but why the hell not? 4-0, let's just throw that out there. And then Farah Williams has now become the prophet of women's football. I mean, it was just... Um, it was hairy. I mean, the first 20, 25 minutes or so were very hairy. There was a couple of, um, you know, really early chances for, from Sweden. And, and it, it, if it wasn't for, uh, you know, Mary Earps again, putting out some outstanding saves absolutely heroic saves I think um you know we would have gone one nil down I think it could have been a completely different game but yeah from that first goal it was um yeah I think that's when the crowd really started to get behind because it was very quiet I think in the stands for for a good 15-20 minutes I think everyone was feeling the pressure yeah you know what I I don't want to be a dick and you know some people say some people say no you always are Flo but I actually think it was the least good atmosphere of all the England games so far. Rachel, is that I disagree. Yeah, I, I wouldn't say it was the worst. I, I think, disagree. I think the first 20 minutes, you're right. Um, it was very quiet because people were nervy. But once the goals started going in, like I was getting shivers with the cheers around me. Um, maybe it was the crowd in particular behind me. The, but The reaction to the goals was amazing. Yeah, yeah but I had, I had the Swedes to my right England on my left, here I am, stuck in the middle. Um, and once the Swedes started going, which was like a lot of the time, it felt like the it got the, the fans behind me going as well. Um, so as it went on and as they scored more goals, I felt like the atmosphere built and built and built. It wasn't the best atmosphere of the tournament, but um, I, I really enjoyed it, like especially the last kind of 20, you know, 30 minutes where I was like, okay, I think once we got the third goal, um, I think people were like, okay, we've got this because there was a moment when it was 2-0 and Mary Earps had to pull off a stunning save from a Stina Blaxenius header. Um, And if they'd gone back 2-1, you know, it just could have, nerves could have crept in. So I think once the third goal went in, the atmosphere started to really, really build. I didn't didn't think they were that quiet at all. I thought there was a, a healthy noise from kind of 20 minutes on. I think um, we were drowned out a little bit in the first half by the you know the mega drums. Um, there was a Swedish corner that was absolutely giving it beans on the drums, and it was um, I don't know what their chant is, but it's really unnerving and unsettling because it's like out of beat a little bit, and I think they're doing it on purpose. And because Sweden was so again like they were so on it for the first 15 20 minutes i think all of us in the crowd were just silently shitting ourselves so i don't think the atmosphere was dead i think we were all just feeling what the what the team were feeling yeah before we get on talking about one of the greatest goals of all time um uh let's talk about beth mead's goal because that was a phenomenal goal but it was also so important because it just completely changed the dynamic of the game and it meant that at the start of the second half sweden were forced to make some substitutions did he make like a double or a triple sub very early on in that second half? Too many. That's what it felt like. It felt like he made too many subs um, throughout the second half. I, I thought he got his, his tactics pretty spot on the first like 20, 25 minutes. We knew there was going to be space in the back for both teams. Sweden were better at exploiting it. Um, I think down the, the left, they had Friedelina Rolfo um, was doing things to Lucy Bronze. I think Lucy Bronze was struggling um, to keep on top of her. <laughs> um, really so I, it was just, <laughs> I had so it, many photos of nicely, Lucy Bronze just politely. like trying to hang on to her, like because Rolfo just kept getting around her. So I do think they did well um, with their width in this game, which I think they struggled with against Belgium. I was surprised to see the likes of Jakobsen brought in who hadn't had a minute played in this Euro. So that was a, a bold move. Um, but yeah, I then think he... <sighs> 
once things once England got the goal, made two early substitutions. I think he used all five six subs during the during the game, and it was almost like it, by the time he put on another load, I think it just felt like there was no cohesion in the team. Then it, it felt like he was panicking, and it felt like that bled into the team because it was like quick change, quick. We need to change. We need to change, and it just felt like once that had started to happen, they were losing control of 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 the game. Um, because even at two nil, that's not necessarily a comfortable score. Like I said, they could have gotten that goal back. They were putting pressure on on uh, England's goal in the second half. Um, but yeah, I just felt like the subs didn't have the impact. Say England's subs have. It, it felt like he was desperately trying to to change the narrative of the game without kind of telling the team what the narrative should be. Um, and it just, yeah, it didn't work for them. I think um, I've got to agree with that. I think credit to the sort of game management from England on that on that point, because I think um, Bronze very quickly learned from her mistakes. I think in the first half, especially, she was pushing up very, very high and that was leaving a lot of space exposed at the back. And I think that's where two or three really good Swedish chances came from. As soon as she sort of stopped doing that and sort of dropped off a little bit to sort of keep Rolfer in front of her, I think that's when we started to see that um, that side flank up and get a little bit stronger and the chances stopped coming from that side so much. So, yeah, and I've got to agree as well. I think he must to listen to the podcast because um you know our criticism in the last podcast was you only made one sub at the 89th <laughs> minute of the game <laughs> so he felt obviously up front have spoken and um I'm going to throw all of my substitutions in at, at half time because um that's what the fans want and um it played into our favor because it didn't really there was no there was no massive impact that we really saw from it so um yeah that's a uh, credit to yeah credit to um to England for game managing that that little situation yeah, and that that bronze header, what which, which was what the fifty something minute, fifty fourth minute, something like that. So not long after he makes all those changes, and I think disrupts the team a little bit, unsettles them. Bronze gets that header. She's she's left with a, a lot of time and space to, and it kind of went in slow motion that goal. But even at 2-0, England weren't massively comfortable even then because Sweden was still pushing. Blackstenius then has that chance where Earps just tips it over the bar. There's back-to-back corners, don't lead to anything. Earps grabs the ball and there begins the passage of play that leads to Alicia Russo's phenomenal, just like unbelievable goal in the 68th minute. I tried to count all the passes, but like it didn't quite count because Lauren Hemp had a shot that wasn't really a pass, but Lucy Bronze rescued the ball. So I was like, I'm not going to count the passes here. This is just silly. But Robin Cowan on the uh, on the BBC comms, she kind of referenced the patient build-up play from England for that Russo goal. And it was one of the first times we really saw them kind of like settle into the game and look comfortable and feel like they could play their style, their game. So they were just passing it around, passing it around, recycling it, trying to find an opening, then sending it back to Kira Walsh when there wasn't, sending it back to Leah Williamson. And that rhythm, that build-up, it grew and grew and grew. And then it led to the opportunity opening up for, for Fran Kirby to slip in behind, for Kirby to send it across to Russo and... We know what happens after that. Like, what I happens, mean, Flo? What happens? Chloe, 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 Chloe. Tell <laughs> me, tell me your reaction to that goal. And also, goalies getting megged. Is that the most oh. embarrassing thing as a goalie? Because that was sensational. I lost my mind in that moment. Uh, didn't know where I was. Lost concept of time, space, who I was, uh, where I was. And um, I will never forget that moment. It was just, um, I think, uh, to be fair... To be fair, um, in terms of from a goalkeeping perspective, 
I don't think she expected that it was going to come because I don't. The angle of Russo's body was away from the goal. No one is expecting that you come on and within two or three touches you're going to try and meg the keeper from from that distance. I just um. Yeah, so I don't think it's... I, I tried looking at it and I was like, should you have done better? She's tried to go down and get the barrier. It's gone through her legs. Her barrier should have been better, but she didn't have a lot of chance, a lot of time to think about it. So that's just that's just pure brilliance from, from Russo. That's not a goalkeeping error for, for me. Um, but I don't, think, I don't think it's a goalkeeping error, but like, tell us what it's like to be megged as a goalie. Seriously, it's like... Um, <laughs> you might as well be wearing a, a, a bloody clown outfit. You just want to stand there and <laughs> you know everyone's laughing at you. You know it's going to be pits up in the analysis. You know that it's going to be a sort of a sore point. And also it plays on your mind for future games that that won't be happening again. So, yeah, it's disgusting. It's really, really disgusting. Um, but, yeah, I mean, credit to Russo. What I didn't think that the, that the Swedish side did very well was whilst they brought on all their subs, they knew, they knew from all the games we'd played previously when our subs were going to be brought on and who those subs were going to be. And they failed to do anything about it to nullify any of the attacks. I mean, Russo came on in the 56th minute and the immediate impact that she had, I think she delivered that ball and Hemp just couldn't get onto it. And that was her first touch. That should have been a warning shot for them. And it wasn't. They allowed her to run riot up top. And um, yeah, that was their downfall. For me, I I was down the other end of the pitch for that Russo goal, but I had Russo in my lens. So I was like watching it happen. And as soon as the goal went in, I was like, did she just, did she just back heel? Like what did, you know, I, I and then what I loved was that they put it up on the big screen. To be honest, the one thing I'll say for Lindell, people probably weren't looking at the Meg because she backheeled it. Like if she just like simply megged her, everyone would be like, oh, keeper got megged. Everyone was like, holy shit, she just backheeled the ball. And in her defense, it should not be being backheeled between two players. She had two players on her, two defenders on her. And I saw a really interesting comment from Kelly Smith under one of the videos saying she loved how Russo used the nudge from Seeger. So Seeger kind of comes in, gives her a nudge. She used that nudge to readjust her feet really quickly and then back heel it. And I just thought like seeing that broken down like that is just fascinating. So yeah, for me, the, the Russo goal was just ridiculous. But I also felt like this game showed us why Ellen White is so important to start because she ran that defence ragged. She got under the skin of Ericsson, which doesn't normally happen. She's normally quite like calm. Um, but you could see that she, between Ellen and Ericsson, I was getting niggly. Um, and I think that's what her job is. Even if she hasn't scored a goal, she will run that defence down. She'll run every ball down. And then you bring on Alessia Russo. Defenders are tired. She comes in towering over you with her speed. And uh, that's what happens. You get a backheeled nutmeg goal. Yeah, I have to. I have to agree with you, Rachel, because I know I've been saying, you know, like White has kind of lost it a little bit over the last couple of years. But she did so much of the dirty work in that game. She she really kind of hustled. She was defending really well in that first half when England desperately needed her to to drop back and help out. She was doing a sliding tackle for fuck's sake. I don't think I've ever seen Ellen White do a sliding tackle before. It was unreal. Uh, and for in terms of the Russo goal, I was like in the best vantage point because I was like my seats that I had were kind of like nearish the corner flag but at the top of the first so like on the side and um yeah it was just like an un unbelievable uh and I just like fully lost my mind um and the celebrations afterwards as well like Rachel Georgia Stanway in that cowboy hat like Rachel I mean, Daly did you doing get a little dance any of those? I did get um a, a lovely <laughs> moment between Mary Earps and maybe it was a goalkeeping coach because she'd had a little huddle with some of the some of the other players I think it was like Leah Williams and some of the defenders 
and then she just like dropped all her stuff dropped her towel dropped her gloves it was a real like movie moment a bit like me and Sophie outside post-match ran into his arms jumped into his <laughs> arms big like punch up in the air and he spun her around and it was that was pretty cool um, they, all, they all went down the far end typically but what's great is they had enough energy to come dancing the whole way round uh, the pitch so yeah I got some good like dance moves from Leah Williamson um, for someone who's so serious on the pitch she is always up for a good time at the end of the match um, and yeah just Ellen White as well just watching her reaction seeing her finally um, get that final and it was it was quite special seeing her welling up at the end for the right reasons yeah it was just so emotional it was just um I don't know. Yeah, I mean, credit to the players. They're just putting the absolute performance of their lives, uh, especially in that second half, um, you know, and I just feel like it, they deserved it. They deserved the accolades. And, you know, the crowd stayed around for, you know, 20, 30 minutes afterwards, waiting for them to do a whole lap of, of the pitch. I don't think anyone left to go home. Uh, and bearing in mind, we were in Sheffield and it was like half 10 and the trains were a mess and the M1 was closed down. People were not leaving. Um, and yeah, and then Sweet Caroline came on and it was just carnage after that. But you could just tell, I mean, a lot of the players are in tears and it made me feel you know very um yeah I think everyone everyone I mean I was I was sat next to Kirsty Hansen uh Gemma Perfield just down the line I had Jenna Scalacci and Josie Green in front of me and we all just looked at each other like I just want to be on the pitch of them I just want to I just want to I just want to go and give them a big hug and a clap on the back and like tell them to go off and eat as much bloody pizza and cake as you want go on enjoy yourselves <laughs> do you know what if I have to say one thing PA like man in charge of the music or woman in charge of the music they did not play the right section of Free From Desire because they didn't play the intro, which is the most important bit of the song. They you went straight into at the chorus for like 30 seconds. And also have to add, the PA announcer woman at half time, I cannot believe at what England being 1-0 up, she went, so the Lionesses are halfway to the final. I was like, do not say that. Do not curse oh, this I team. That. I was absolutely fuming at that. Do you, do you Oh my God, me, me and my friends looked at each other like, how can you say that? That is the biggest curse. And I was just praying that that didn't jinx it. Anyway, it was fine, obviously, but I was ready to lose my head with that woman at one point because I was like, we're not in the final yet. We are 1-0 up at halftime against one of the best teams in the world. That is certainly not in the final. Anyway, they did it and they did it in bloody style. We've also got to shout out Serena Wiegmann because I can't remember if it was Kirby's fourth, sorry, the fourth goal, the one that Kirby scored, or Russo's Meg, but like I looked over at the sideline and she was just in her suit, arms folded, like bloody done it, job done, mate. Uh, I would be doing a lap, I would do like a Mourinho knee slide, like down the side of the pitch if I was her, but we've only really seen her really like kind of lose it and, and celebrate after the Spain game because it was such a tough match. Like this one felt a lot more like, done, like, you know, like that's it on to the next one um and that is kind of Rachel what we've l learned to love and 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 why Serena Vigman is just like so bloody good at what she does yeah she probably thought oh, I'm not doing that again that's all everyone bloody talked about it was everywhere as soon as I did like my little dance <laughs> and, and like got lifted up by Millie Bride so I'm gonna stay reserved and calm they will have nothing to to share of me um no but I think I think when you do when you end up winning it like that, the way they did, you know, I'd say she didn't look particularly comfortable in the first 20, 25 minutes. Um, but yeah, I'd say it's it's massive for her. And, and then she will, you know, I know they'd say one game at a time, but she will also be thinking of the fact, right, it's not going to go to extra time. You know, we've, we've got goals in us. This is good. This is what we need. This is the way you want to get through a match. Um, so yeah, I think I'm not wholly surprised that she wasn't kind of bouncing around the place too much. I, I She did do a little dance in the middle, I think, with the team. Um, but she was definitely 
definitely much more reserved. Um, and also on shout outs, we've got to shout out the guys who were behind me at the end of the match. Um, they were doing some epic, epic cheering. So I, I took a nice little video of them. And then they told me that they listened to the podcast and loved the podcast. So that was very nice to hear. So we did a nice little rendition of Sweet Caroline together. And I had like my camera out filming all of us singing. <laughs> and then like slap back in the middle of it. One of them goes, I love the pod. <laughs> Come on, get in. So we can add that into the lyrics of Sweet Caroline if we can. <laughs> so yeah, that was cool. And also... Rachel, that DM I got from that guy who was like, tell Rachel her pics are amazing or something, or she's a, a brilliant photographer. And he said that he was a massive fan of the pod. And actually, Rachel, it's a, it's a fabulous opportunity for us to shout out all the people that have been listening and sending us really kind messages. Like I've had so many chats in person with people this tournament, so many messages on social media and WhatsApps from people who've been really enjoying the content. So thank you so much, guys. Like we love recording this and obviously it helps that England are doing really well and the vibes are 10 out of 10 at the moment. Um, <laughs> but, you know, it's so much fun to just like really bring this show to you guys and, and create a show that all three of us just like love doing. And I think hopefully you guys appreciate that as well anyway Hello, you're right uh, that was lovely oh, yeah just you know a tear in my eye oh, uh, we've we got to talk about we've got to talk about who they're going to be playing on sunday though, no because... before we talk about that can we please just okay, have a second for for mary Earps, all right i know we've like sorry touched yes, her goalkeepers briefly, union, goalkeepers but union. my god come on i mean she was crucial in that game and I don't think you understand I mean you probably do understand I think everyone understands now <laughs> just how incredibly important some of the things that she did are and I think um you know I was listening to back to some of the because uh, I obviously watched the game in person and then re-watched it with the commentary back at home Snap. and um yeah, I mean, she has the most accurate passing stats of any player in this tournament so far. I mean, that alone, I know you're expected to have a higher higher percentage because obviously you're playing out from the back quite a bit. But what she's done has been incredible. I don't think she's had any faults. And that save that she pulled off, I mean, getting her feet back. Oh, yeah, go on, Flo. You're going to prove I've me wrong. I've got another stat. I've got another go stat on. for you. Chuck no, in another no, no. stat. Mary Earps has made more intensity sprints this tournament than Ellen White. You're joking. In fact, I believe it. I believe it. You you could tell me that Mary Earps flies to games uh, and flaps her wings to do that. And I, um, I'd believe you as well, because I just think um, she's a hero. I mean, the, the trajectory of that ball dropping in and the, the moment that that came in the game and her being able to push herself backwards and, and tip the ball over the bar like that, I think was absolutely incredible. And I think, um, yeah, she deserves a, a hero's welcome um, into Wembley. Well, they all do. But um, yeah, she's... She's been my, one of my favourite players to watch in this tournament so far. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com achieve today. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. 
Let's get this dinner party started. This episode of the Football Ramble is sponsored by BetterHelp. Life throws many different challenges at us, and as a result, we all have our own sources of stress. Whether big or small, those stresses can impact our lives in unpredictable ways, and if we don't address them, they can have an outsized and unwanted impact. Therapy is a safe place in which we can address these issues, learn to understand them, and find ways to work through them. Having therapy can be beneficial to anybody, not just people who've experienced major traumas, even if you may have not considered it before. It could be simply a time for you to get things off your chest, a way to learn positive coping skills, or how to set boundaries. Ultimately, it can be whatever you need it to be. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. All you have to do is fill out a brief questionnaire and BetterHelp will match you to a licensed therapist. You can even switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com forward slash ramble today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com forward slash ramble. We have to move on then to who England are going to be playing at Wembley on Sunday. I mean, I know we talked a lot about France, but for me, this is the perfect finale because it's just two of football's biggest teams, uh, you know, with so much history as well in the men's and women's game. Germany defeating France 2-1 in Milton Keynes. Uh, this was a really, really fun game. Um, slightly strange atmosphere because I think it, it felt like it was mainly neutrals there rather than like there was a little sprinkling of France, a little sprinkling of Germany, but then a lot of people had come because they wanted to watch a really good game of football. Um, but, I mean, it's basically like Alexandra Pop FC, right, guys? I mean, she that's, what, six goals in five games for her. She's obviously tied with Beth Meat for the Golden Boot. Um and uh, yeah, I mean, it's, it, I guess the first question, Rachel, you were there at, at MK Dons. Do you think France chucked this away a little bit? They had a lot of good chances. Yeah, a little bit. Um, I think, well, first of all, I'm chuffed that we got a prediction right because obviously we said Sweden, England would be close and that was massively wrong. But we, Chloe and I both said 2-1 for Germany. So I'm quite chuffed about that. That was, as soon as the final whistle went, that was my first thought, which was weird. I was like, I got one right. Um, but yeah, I thought Germany did really well to stop France coming out of the blocks really fast. Um, France did have chances in the first half, but I thought they were great at like smothering those those wingers. Um, so they weren't getting that kind of frightening pace right from the get-go. Um, I also thought that they... They went, not that they went down a lot. There were a few little dives there from Germany. And I think that was part of the plan of breaking up France's rhythm. So they, they weren't getting into the flow the same way they normally would um, because Germany kept breaking that down. Um, and they stopped them scoring early. And I think that was key. I know France got the goal back immediately after Germany, right at the death of the first half. But I think the fact that Germany scored first and stopped France scoring early was a massive reason that they actually went on to win the match. And I know I keep banging on about the fact that France haven't scored in a second half in this tournament. But I think when their weakest area is their mentality, their heads, I just think that can get to them. And yeah, they just could not put the ball in the back of the net uh, in that second half. And they had quite a few chances, I think, 
in terms of identifying potential weak areas for Germany. They allowed France, they allowed players time on the ball in the box quite a few times where I thought this is definitely a goal and it either went over or wide hit the bar was saved. So yeah, I think France are, are will be upset with themselves that they didn't put away some of those chances. Yeah, I think, um, you know, from the get-go, I think it was a very open game. You really couldn't say for a very long time which way it was going to go. And I think um, we all predicted that it was going to be quite a fast-paced game. Uh, and their styles of play are sort of very very similar, I think, um, in terms of their intensity, passing patterns, especially in the midfield. And, you know, what we did see was that there was quite a few attacks and counter-attacks happening very early on because the spaces were just open up behind really early. So it was definitely an exciting game to see. I think um, France slightly had the... Um, well, Germany, I think, had the upper hand um, from, the te- from the pure fact that I think France gave away too many opportunities to Germany at the edge of their box. I mean, there was like a couple of set pieces that came one after the other at the edge of your box, which immediately put them under pressure. And if it wasn't for, a, you know, an absolutely outstanding save from their goalkeeper, I think um, they would have been very clearly on the back foot for a lot of the game. So, yeah, I don't think their game management was particularly... I think Germany probably had the upper hand in that respect, but very evenly matched game. It was, um, yeah, it was exciting to watch. I felt like the first half was like two heavyweight boxers just trading blows trying to get the knockout punch you know it was back and forth you look at the stats it was 50-50% possession um, and you're right it was really open it was really stretched it was you know I just, yeah it was it was a, quite an epic game I'm glad I kind of lived up to what we're expecting I, knew, I know we didn't see loads of goals but it, it felt exciting and yeah I think that that was the best description of it just two heavyweights going at it it was it was good yeah, it felt, I mean, I was sitting there with my friend and I turned to them and I was like, France are going to equalise, like France France are going to equalise, even after Germany got that win, I was like, France are going to get something to take this game to extra time, because the match just had that air to it, I was like, if any game's going to go to penalties, I think it's going to be this one, but at the end of the day, German, Germany were just so German in the way that they just saw out the game. Like they gave away some silly free kicks towards stoppage time and towards like the, the, the 90. And I thought, oh, they're really letting France get a look in at finding this equaliser. But they just saw out the game. They saw out the game. They were so smart. And really the transformation of this team in the last six months has been pretty phenomenal. Like we know we didn't see the the real Germany at the Arnold Clark Cup because of COVID and because of injuries. But I don't think many people thought that they were going to be as good as they have been based on their recent performances, based on major tournament performances, things like that. So, I, I mean, the, England are going to have a hell of a b- battle on Sunday because they just look like such a total package and where France would have been so dangerous going forward. Like... They just don't have what teams that get to finals and win things have. It's that complete picture that you just look at a team and you think they are ready to win something. And that's why Germany terrify me, but impress me at the same time. When you have someone who's in the absolute form of their life, like Alexandra Pop is, who just like, you know, everything she touches turns to gold. England are going to really have a tough time trying to contain her. But we don't want to get into too much preview chat because we are going to do a preview pod on the weekend and have that out ready for the big finale. Um, So this is, you know, mainly reflection on that game. But, um, I mean, Chloe, do you think France can look back on this tournament still thinking it's been a success because they broke that curse of of getting beyond a quarterfinal? But 
really so many people had them down as as maybe going a little bit deeper than they did massively i think they've made history for themselves and i think that's been really impressive and i think they've highlighted themselves actually as um you know a big contender for future competitions because they have the basis of being i mean they're already phenomenal but they have the basis of stepping that up if they just sort of tweak a few things in their game i mean the intensity they have in the first half is unmatched with any teams that we've seen in this competition and i think we actually saw that intensity it drifted off a bit in the second half but we saw it back again for like the last last 10 minutes of that game when they were obviously losing and had to get that equalising goal back again. And, you know, that when they're on top form and when they're all going at it, they are an absolute force to be reckoned with. And they're so, so difficult to defend against um, because of the pace and the power that their players have up top. So for me, I think... um, yeah, I think they're going to be ones to watch sort of going forwards. And I think, I, you know, I, I see them enter in the final stages of, of future tournaments. But um, yeah, I think it was the right result at the end of the day. So yeah, it's going to be um, a very interesting game on Sunday. But that's all I'll say. We're not previewing. Rachel, Corinne Diacra, she's looked like a Bond villain this entire tournament. We know there's a mentality issue there. We know that, you know, the culture of the squad doesn't seem right. Do you think the French Football Federation are finally going to move on and get someone else? Or do you think the fact that she got to a semi-final is enough for her to, to stick, stick on here? I mean, given she's still there after everything that's gone on, I don't think this will necessarily knock her off her perch. Um, I'm quite, It sounds bad on the actual players that are in the squad, but I'm kind of glad they didn't get through to the final because it would almost... She could justify not bringing her Eugenie Samer or Amandine Henri, which is still blows my mind. Um but I, she seems like Teflon, nothing sticks. So I reckon she'll she'll probably stay in the job. Um, I think, yeah, I think I agree with you, Chloe, in terms of France's tournament. Um, and also remembering that they've got quite a young squad, which is quite frightening. So I think they will go on to do even bigger and better things. The fact that they've gotten rid of that um, semi-final, uh, not getting into a semi-final for so long, they've gotten rid of that hangover now, which will be... Um, key but I think the main area they'll need to look at is goals and I think probably losing Katoto so early in the in the tournament didn't help but if you rely on one player this is what happens so I think they need to be that's one area they'll probably need to look at well we've got so much to look forward to ahead of Sunday and we will be back with a preview pod um and I think I need just like a couple of hours to kind of like reset before I even think about how exciting, nerve-wracking and terrifying Sunday is going to be. But for now, thank you all for listening to Upfront. If you've got any questions, you can tweet us at Football Ramble, at Floyd Tweet, at Girls on the Ball or at Morgie underscore 89. Yeah, we will see you back here on the feed on Saturday for our preview of the final where England could rewrite history. No pressure then. Upfront is a Stack production and part of the Acast Creator Network. Small details are big surfaces. Tight corners are odd shapes. Flat, rounded, textured, or tall. Whatever your next project, there's a spray paint pattern that's just right. Because Rust-Oleum's new Custom Spray 5-in-1 gives you control with five different spray patterns. So you can tackle nooks, crannies, edges, and curves without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage, or anything else. Custom Spray 5-in-1, only from Rust-Oleum. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear, and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? 
They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. 